Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I'm Paula Parker. I help women professionals release excess weight and find freedom around food. So I've been coaching for about a couple years now, and I haven't had a single client yet who hasn't come to me with a yo-yo weight story. They've been successful before, and some of them have even reached their goal weight only to have it all come back. They're super frustrated and embarrassed and wary of being able to lose it again and actually keep it off for the long term. And oftentimes their experience is what makes them really reluctant to even try coaching. And they're thinking maybe this is just like another thing that I'm going to spend some effort and spend some time and money on and it won't work. And I totally get that. So I wanted to do this episode on really the science behind what's going on uh, biologically, physiologically, so that um, people really have the information that they need to see the results that they want. And whether you decide to get a coach or you're self-coaching, you absolutely need to have this information to release weight. When I learned about this, it explained everything and I literally felt like a light bulb had gone off in my head. Okay, so let's get started. The latest research shows that we have a weight set point in our brains, similar to how we have a temperature set point in our brains that keeps us from, for the most part at 98.6. Your weight set point is very likely what you weigh right now. And have you noticed that if you get the flu and you lose some weight because you just aren't able to eat anything, you tend to gain it back really quickly, even when you're not overeating, even when you're eating really healthy the way you want to be eating, your body is going into major conservation mode to decrease your metabolism because it's trying to get back up to your weight set point. It's just like when you get too cold. If your body temperature is at 97 degrees, you will shiver to get yourself back up again. This is just innately how our bodies function. They like homeostasis. They like things staying stable and being the same. And if you're under the impression that losing weight is all about calories in, calories out, then this really wouldn't happen, would it? But our bodies don't process in that simple formula. It isn't like an equation. It just doesn't work that way. So think about someone who you know who is what you would think of as naturally thin. For example, say she weighs 125 pounds. And let's say she splurges a bit over the holidays and then she gains five pounds. So now she's at 130. If in January she goes back to eating just how she did normally, that five pounds will just come off in probably a couple of weeks without any extra effort on her part. So why do you think? Is she just lucky? Like, is this a genetic thing? She's genetically blessed? No, it's due to the weight set point. What's happening is that her body is sensing there's excess on board and it revs up her metabolism on its own to burn off those extra five pounds. Just like when your temperature gets too high and you start sweating profusely, your body is trying to naturally cool itself and get back to homeostasis. It's the same with weight. If you are constantly overweight, then your weight set point is too elevated. That is basically the problem. We need to get the weight set point down. 
When you do a low-fat, calorie-restricted diet for weight loss, you might lose weight initially. It depends. Some people respond differently, but it becomes pretty uncomfortable over the long term. It's really hard to keep that up. The problem is that this kind of diet actually doesn't reduce the weight set point because you just can't maintain it. For example, if your weight set point is set at 200 pounds, but you want to weigh 170 pounds, Conventional advice tells you to cut 500 calories per day to lose one pound per week. So let's say you actually do this successfully. So you're really diligent and you're eating less. At first you have some success and you get to 185 pounds, but then you notice you're not really making any more progress and you're becoming more hungry. What's happening is that your appetite is kicking into overdrive and your basal metabolism is slowing in order to regain the weight. Your body is trying to get back up to the weight set point. And this has a big mental effect because you're doing everything you think you're supposed to be doing and not getting any results. So frustrating. Then you start to feel terrible. You're grumpy, hangry, and you don't have energy even for like the most gentle yoga class. Plus, the foods you're eating aren't even satisfying, so you're continually in this unsatiated state. It's no wonder that you quit, right? Then, of course, the weight comes back at a super speed and often with a little bit extra. So now you're at 205, 210. That weight set point got bumped up because of overeating to accommodate for that intolerable feeling that we had. So then you try even harder by cutting more calories, but this doesn't really work because our body responds by further slowing our metabolism. It's such an uphill battle and we think, well, that didn't work. I must not have tried hard enough. It's not that you didn't try hard enough. It's that we haven't reset your weight set point yet. So how do we do that? Listen up. It's all about hormones. And unless you're in medicine or you're a scientist, you probably don't really have an in-depth understanding of what they do or how they work. If you're like me, you basically have been thinking that they're really complicated and mysterious and they're responsible for everything and anything that goes on with our bodies and our moods. And I'm not going to get into the minutia of hormones. I don't even know that much, but um, there is just one that is key when it comes to your weight set point, and that's insulin, because it plays a huge part in weight loss. When I learned about the science here, I was blown away. It totally changed how I ate. So I wanted to share this information with you because I know that you can put this knowledge into action and you'll see good results. You can use it to inform your meal plan with confidence because you know that you're doing the right thing to release extra weight in a healthy way. Now, of course, disclaimer, I'm not a dietitian, so this is all info based on my own research and personal experience. However, this is going to be an overview for practical application with the most up-to-date science. I'll link to all my sources in the show notes for you, and there's a book that goes into the detail of this, which I'll tell you about at the very end, because I always encourage you to do your own reading and talk to a licensed professional if you can. Okay, so let's get into it, shall we? Here's what you need to know. It's not food that causes you to be overweight. It's your insulin response to food. So let that sink in for a minute because it explains why we all react differently to the same food. I'm sure you can think of someone who can eat whatever they want and never gain weight. Why isn't that you, right? It's not fair. 
It has to do with how your body utilizes insulin. And the best thing to know is that you can change this. And by the end of this podcast, I promise you'll know exactly how to do that. Here's how it works for everyone. You eat food, your insulin goes up, your body goes into storage mode. When you don't have food and you're in a fasting state, like when you're sleeping during the night, insulin goes down. Your body burns the stored sugar and fat in your liver from the daytime. So what does this mean for your food plan? If you're eating constantly throughout the whole day, you're not allowing the critical period of very low insulin to balance the high insulin periods. So it means things like grazing all day or a lot of snacking is going to hinder your weight loss attempts. Even if you're eating healthy food, you need to allow time between meals to actually feel true hunger. That's a good thing. It's your body telling you it's time to eat. If you've been overeating for a while, you've been persistently high in insulin, which leads to insulin resistance. In response, the body raises insulin in a knee-jerk reaction to like overcome this resistance, and these high levels will make your body put on weight. This is the vicious cycle of weight gain that we can actually break with fasting. And I don't mean fasting for days at a time. You can try intermittent fasting or simply just eating three meals a day. If you eat dinner at six or seven, and then you don't eat again until six or seven in the morning, that's a 12 hour fast. That's a long time where your insulin levels are lower and your body needs that to reduce that weight set point. If you don't alter your hormones, predominantly insulin, you won't be able to access your fat stores. Your body knows that if you can't get energy from body fat, you can't run an energy deficit forever. So your metabolism or BMR drops. It will only spend what you take in. So for example, if you're only taking in 1500 calories, you can only spend 1500 calories. If you cut a few calories every day, your body will burn less calories and you will not release any fat. Weight loss plateaus and then you start to regain the weight. So only counting calories as a strategy for weight loss has been proven over and over again to fail. That's why they say diets don't work, which is why if you've ever dieted to lose weight only to regain it, you know that all too well. This does not give you license, however, to overeat because when you overeat, that also spikes your insulin. But isn't it like a bit reassuring to know that you don't have to starve yourself to reach your goal weight? Okay, so we often obsess about the foods we should or shouldn't eat. Should we cut out dairy or gluten, things like that. But we often ignore the equally important question of when to eat. By working with our body's response to insulin, we have a far higher chance of succeeding in releasing the extra weight. So just to summarize, here are the guidelines for when to eat. So don't eat all the time. Do like time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. Definitely stop snacking and try to get to eating three meals a day. And if you want to lose more weight, just increase the fasting periods, the time between your meals. Now, if you're like, what? No snacks? How will I get through my day? You might be interested to know that snacks weren't even a thing until the 80s when food companies started manufacturing snack foods and telling us that we needed them. They realized they probably couldn't get people to eat more food at their meals, so then they just came up with this concept of snacking and created other eating opportunities. As a kid, I can clearly remember having a snack at recess and after school, 
like every single day, whether I was hungry or not. My sister and I loved those like hot pocket pizza things that you microwave. And I really don't know why, because they always stayed a little bit frozen on the outside. And yet they would like burn your mouth, like the stuff inside would just burn your mouth. Okay. Anyways, so maybe you're thinking, you know, this doesn't really apply to me because I'm not a snacker. But just think about times when you might be just grabbing a little of this or a little of that here or there, like grabbing a handful of nuts, having something extra after dinner, or like a drink or something like that. That all counts. So what do you do when you get hungry in between meals and you actually want a snack? I have another podcast episode on hunger you might want to check out. It's episode 18 and my most popular episode to date, actually. But here's how you can think of it. So long as you're eating well during your meal times, especially getting enough protein and healthy fats, it's okay to feel hungry and not act on it. Nothing is going wrong. It will subside. You may be uncomfortable temporarily, but it will pass. Your body will use the extra fat on your body as fuel. Now you may also be wondering, do all foods raise insulin? Yes, but some more than others. And you won't be surprised really by the list. I'm sure you know how to eat healthy already, but knowing this will really help you make healthy food decisions because you're choosing them not just because you know they're healthy, but because you know why they are healthy. This can make all the difference in what we actually do. The two groups that spike insulin are sugar and flour. They're both really concentrated and highly refined. Our bodies can process them and digest them very quickly, so we get a very quick increase in our blood sugar levels. Then, of course, the insulin levels follow with that. The insulin levels are sky high. We are in storage overdrive at this point. So here are the guidelines for what to eat to keep insulin levels in check. First one is to avoid sugar. So, of course, it causes insulin resistance and high insulin. Eat less refined grains like white rice, bagels, uh, white flour, as they have a high insulin effect also. Eat enough protein. Most women that I work with don't get nearly the amount that they should. If you're trying to put on a lot of lean muscle, you can eat up to like one gram of protein for your ideal body weight. And don't be afraid of eating healthy natural fats. They have a low insulin effect and bonus, they'll keep you more satiated from your meals. And then the last one is eat whole, real, unprocessed foods. So refining increases insulin effects. So just good rule of thumb. Now, if you're thinking, oh, this is that low carb, high fat thing, or this is keto, that's not really what I'm talking about here. Those are more extreme versions and you can choose to do that if that's what you want. Some people really do a lot better on a low carb diet. They lose weight better, especially people with certain endocrine related issues. They just do better on a low carb diet. And if this is you, by all means, go for it. There are plenty of people who rave that they've never felt better on a diet like this, but it's not going to be for everyone. Not everybody necessarily needs a low-carb diet to lose weight. Not everybody is going to feel physically good when they're on a low-carb diet either. So you can still eat starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes, white potatoes, squashes, things like that. Also, whole grains in their whole form. So we're not talking about like whole grain bread. If you want to eat wheat, then you're eating wheat berries, buckwheat, or you're eating quinoa, or you're eating brown rice, things like that. When you eat those, make sure that you have fat with them. 
add avocado, coconut oil, or olive oil because it's not only going to help you reach your goal weight, it will make your food so much more satisfying. So you actually won't eat as much. You won't be eating heaps and heaps of pasta to get full because the fat is not only helping your insulin levels, it's helping you stay fuller longer and just creates a nice, comfortable feeling in your stomach. And when you feel satiated, you can go on about your day rather than thinking so much about your next meal. If you're wondering about how much complex carbohydrates will work with your body, or if you need to like go full keto, just play around with it. So if you like starches, start by having them regularly. Then if you hit a weight loss plateau, which if you think about it, is your body in homeostasis again, you can change things up uh, and just get your body to release more fat. This also means that if you're a meat eater, you can eat higher fat cuts of meat. So this is like eat the chicken thighs instead of the chicken breast or the higher fat ground beef instead of lean turkey or the super lean ground beef. So I hope this gives you some clarity about why you haven't been reaching your goal so far and some inspiration that it is possible without starvation. Now, if you start working your plan and like for my clients, this would mean eating three meals a day using the hunger scale to gauge amounts, journaling your food, eating more fat and protein, drinking loads of water, and significantly reducing flour and sugar, and you're not losing weight right away, rest assured, nothing is going wrong. Just because you don't see immediate results doesn't mean it's not working or that it won't work. If you've been overweight for a while, you are very likely insulin resistant. If you're insulin resistant, then you're very likely not going to start losing weight right away when you do this, because you need to get your body more insulin sensitive to reduce your overall insulin levels to get the results of getting that weight set point down and losing weight, releasing the fat storage. For some women, this can take even a month or so before the weight starts to drop. I want to encourage you that nothing has gone wrong and this is how it's supposed to go. Your body is simply adapting and relearning how to function so that you're no longer what we think of as like a sugar burner, someone who burns carbs, craving simple carbs every time you're hungry, to a fat-burning machine. When you understand this, you get why the calories in, calories out model hasn't worked for you in the past. This is the reason why my clients have always yo-yoed with their weight. It's basically because your body is very smart and does not want to die. We know that excess weight is really caused by excess insulin, not excess calories. It is a hormonal imbalance, not a caloric one. So insulin signals our body to store food energy in the form of body fat. When we fast and insulin goes down, we burn some of that stored energy. And this is why, you know, we don't die during our sleep at night at all times. Remember, you are either in storing mode or burning mode. And if you want to go more in depth on this, um, get a book called The Obesity Code. It's by Dr. Fung, and he's out of Toronto here in Canada. He went down a rabbit hole of figuring this out after working with type 2 diabetic patients because he noticed they were getting more and more insulin and they could not lose weight. So they were just getting fatter and fatter. He then turned to researching why what we're doing in weight loss isn't working and how, you know, blaming the patient is really not the answer. So I'll have a link to his book in the show notes. And I also have all of my podcast episode transcripts on my website at mindfulshape.com. So you can check that out there. 
Okay, so I'm glad that now you have all this info for your week ahead. And as always, feel free to reach out to me uh, over Instagram or you can email me at paula at mindfulshape.com. Have an amazing week and I will talk to you again next time.